Taylor Ackerlin, and welcome to Video Game Bullshit. This is Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got God. Hey, hey. I'm big into uh, No Death Runs, High Score Runs, uh, collector of all things vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. We're here for a new video game bullshit. I'm sitting here at a convention, hanging out, just... It hasn't opened yet, so um, figured we might as well do a badass recording. And we have, you know, Kyle here as always, and Rewind Mike himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's going on? So I figured, Mike, since we can get your ass on the podcast, that we should talk about your awesome initiative you're doing with your series. So go over a little bit about what you have done and then where you're going, and we'll start bullshitting about, like, our experiences with those it'll be pretty fucking fun it's a big retrospective that i started so i played zen intergalactic ninja for the first time konami yeah exactly it's uh, one of the last konami games too i think it's the third to last release under the konami name but yeah so i played that and like yeah It it was one of the later ones yeah there were there were just so many influences from like the early konami games that they developed and i was like I wanted to like basically do this huge retrospective and kind of like do this big build up to like um, Zen into the Galactic Ninja review at the end of the the whole thing. And what I was going to do it was originally me by myself, and I was going to do like short one minute reviews of all the Konami games that came out. You know, they developed, not the ones they published, just the ones they developed to show basically their knowledge of understanding the hardware and how to like, you know, program on it and stuff like that. Because at the end of the life cycle, man, they've really made some solid games. It's domination. I mean, here's a scary thought. Mm-hmm. Think of life without Konami or Capcom. Like what it would be like, like the video yeah. game landscape. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. Sad. No Mega Man, no Contra, no Castlevania. <laughs> oh like, my God. Brutal. <laughs> a lot of the tropes wouldn't be there. And like, and like, really, like Konami and Capcom almost belong on the Mount Rushmore of NES with yeah. Nintendo themselves. Yeah. But yeah, so um, originally it was me reviewing all the games by myself. They were short, brief little things, and then you know one person was interested, and they were like, "Hey, can I review a game?" And then somebody else asked, and then 
I was like, why don't I just turn this into a big group project? Let me ask everybody if they want to help. And it wasn't just like, hey, you want to review this or this? I was like, hey, here's a list of games. But I know that you really like TMNT 2 with a passion. So do you want to review that specifically? Because that's what I wanted. You know, because it's easy to go in and bash these games and say, oh, Roller Games is bad because it's too hard or Top Gun's ridiculous because I don't understand how to play it. But I didn't want that. I wanted everything to kind of be given like, you know, fair and equal coverage sort of because I want people to make their own decisions on what the game is, if it's good or bad. You know, I just kind of point you in the direction of, hey, this is what it is. This is what it's about. Sure. And yeah, it just turned into like this big, you know, huge collaboration with like, I don't know, 15 different people, man. It 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 grew out of control. And, you know, uh, <laughs> people loved it. You know, I, I got a lot of you know, uh, a lot of praise and stuff like that for it. People enjoyed it. And um, everybody's like, hey, are you going to do 16-bit Konami? Are you going to do Capcom? Are you going to do this, that? And I'm like, I didn't have any of that planned. But, like, everybody's like, we want this now. We want this now. <laughs> so, like, I decided to kind of, like, whip, oh, yeah. whip, yeah, whip oh, yeah, the man. whole Capcom years. And, like, <laughs> I've already kind of, you know, divvied out the games to everybody. So once I get the director's cut, version of konami done which is going to have um basically a lot of what you have already seen but i'm going to be throwing in the games that they also published as well as some famicom titles that weren't in it before just for fun because why not you know there are oh, some yeah. really good famicom titles yeah. that should be noted as well so it's kind of just like a little a little side treat you know <laughs> oh yeah nothing wrong with a side treat man so yeah i mean right now it runs about a, like an hour if you watch all the videos together but I'm projecting for like an hour and a half, maybe an hour 45 for the director's cut version of it. Nice. So hit a, hit a standard movie 90 minutes. And it's interesting because a lot of that stuff is paralleled what's happened with my Super Nintendo book. Because like a couple people asked me to contribute and then it blew out of fucking control. And then <laughs> kind of like the similar thing. And then everybody's wanting all these different types of books. It's hey. like hilarious. And it's like, my answer always is, I'll get to it. Like, And the cool thing about what you're doing is that, you know, everybody's doing their positive experiences with games. Mm -hmm. So our, our classic, you know, VGBS, um, you know, alum, Daria, she did oh, Goonies 2 on the Konami years. Yep. She did a nice, uh, a nice lengthy review for that, too. Well, I think she already did a review on Goonies 2, unless... Well, the thing was, was she was doing it for Konami years, so she kind of gave me this version, and she kind of did her own director's cut for her channel. <laughs> ah. <laughs> hey, I don't care. I wanted everybody to upload the segments to their own channel at some point, honestly, because they worked, they worked on them. They edited themselves. They read it themselves. So, you know, yeah. Plus, yeah. you know, they, they all they all linked back to the videos that they were in. So regardless, everybody washes everybody's hands, you know. It's a good, fun, collaborative project. Gets everybody out there, too, which is awesome. Absolutely, man. And uh, I've met so many awesome people through it, too, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, not to mention all the opportunities that, it, that it's opened up for me as well, man. It's just... It's just crazy. The networking is the key, yeah. Yeah, it just it's it's crazy, man. Like I just so everything starts to explode and snowball. Dude, you don't even know. Like uh, <laughs> I want to say, like three months ago, I was at like two hundred fifty subs, and right before we left for the convention, I was at seven fifty. 
And when we got back, I was at 791. You're just going to continue to climb. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and the more it grows, the bigger it'll get. Yeah. Mushroom cloud. Yeah, man. Pretty much. Well, it's it's one of those things that we were talking about because I actually stayed in a room with uh, with Mike and uh, Brazel the Gamer uh, <laughs> last weekend. And one thing we talked about is like your quality is going to kind of be what gets subscribers to keep coming back. Like you guys are doing shit that's fun. You're enjoying it. And you're putting mm-hmm. like a lot of research and information out there. And the quality is going to be what makes people come back because you're having a good time. Everybody's out there doing videos, but it's like those yeah. extra fucking pieces that you're putting in. It's the same thing with Brazil. Like the stuff that you guys are doing is what's going to build. And that's awesome. And you can't force that. That's what. That's why I like Brazel, if you notice, he posted something online saying, oh, I'm going to start doing videos a different way. It's like you just got to do them and he, he's going by like what we chatted about this last weekend and i mean it's it's a marathon not a sprint you can't expect to go from zero to avgn overnight like it's <laughs> no. like the longest marathon I've been at ever this for three years dude. <laughs> that's what i'm saying like and i didn't really start promoting until this year because i wasn't a type of guy i was like oh you know i'm gonna just do this through word of mouth you know da, 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 whatever and then, you know, I started to get a little frustrated with the numbers and stuff like that because, like I said, I put, like, three years into it. So I'm, like – Editing, yeah. I'm just, like, sorry, guys. Sorry. I'm going to be spamming, you know, every time a video comes out. I'm going to share it on, like, eight pages. I'm going to share it on my Twitter, like, twice a fucking week. Just deal with it. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you don't like it, unfollow me, unfriend me, whatever. But, <laughs> no, like you said, dude, no one's going to do the legwork for me. I've got to do it. Well, and, and that's the thing, too, is that, like, you got to push it out there, and the, the irony mm-hmm. is is that it's so disheartening when you do a video and you get, like, five views. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I mean, because that's, like, my channel's been around for almost, I think, nine years now, and I just never did anything consistently because I don't have the time. But, like, I'll do a video and put, like, a week into it, and then it's, like, three views. And I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a classic line of you don't know what you don't know. If yeah. you don't know it's there, then how can you access it? Because it's not exactly. relevant in your mind. Like, so you yeah. have to make exactly. it relevant to people by just spreading it. Getting the spread and going crazy. The thing that's crazy as fuck and it puts things into perspective is that my Kickstarter video for the Super Nintendo one hit a million views. Which is like the biggest amount of views that even Wood said he's ever had on his channel for beat-em-ups. And yet there's that's still crazy. people who did, don't know that my books are out there. <laughs> like there's th- this community is so big and vast that no matter how yep. much you push it out there, you haven't pushed it out there enough. <laughs> it's true, man. Cause there are people that are very clicky. They'll only watch a certain like group on Facebook. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like a certain group of people and they won't really stray outside of that and stuff. Dude, like the, the AVGN video came out like a day ago and it's fucking awesome. It's by the way. Oh like, yeah. Baron Stain. <laughs> Yeah, I th- I thought the same thing. That's oh yeah, hilarious. no, it, it's it's a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, it's already been seen by eight hundred thousand people. Sheesh. Yeah. And if you go back and look at his, if you go back and look at like his TMNT one video, they still don't even have those views. It's like the cinema snob. It's the same way. He's yeah. like does like really really schlocky movies and stuff, 
all of his yeah. new stuff is like through the roof views. All the old stuff, like, has very, very small amount. It's real weird. People yeah. don't go back. Well, people just don't go back and check often enough. You have to yeah. like, if if you don't link to older videos at the end of a video, they don't check. People aren't going to go back and check out your old stuff. Yeah, and that's what YouTube's all about is kind of retention. And it's not retention on a video. It's how long you can keep somebody on your channel watching your videos. Oh yeah, it shows there's not a lot of people that dig deep. You know. Yeah. They don't dig deep to find all the videos. Like, I would watch all the videos. Like, the Game Chasers, I've watched every one of their videos. Mm -hmm. ABGN, I've watched every single one. Oh, yeah. NES Pursuit, every single mm -hmm. one. Like, I, but there's, most people aren't like me. They don't, they're not deep. You know, they don't really care. Like, YouTube now is the counter opposite of podcasting. When we go to podcasting, it's hard for me to get somebody to check out our podcast and start with our new shit. Like, they always go back to number one. Every time they want to watch from one on because we number them. And so if we like dated the podcast, I think that they would watch the newest episode, but they don't like podcast people who listen to podcasts want to listen to everything. And we have like how many hours now over 90. Yeah. And I think a podcast listener is a microcosm of people yeah. because they actually just want to sit there and, and listen. Most people yep. want to be entertained by something like that's where ABGN's perfect, you know. Yeah. Well, he he does it like a he's got a doubt, man. He almost makes it like a movie slash review. It's really good now, like. And that, yeah, his his last couple <laughs> of videos definitely picked back up with that old uh, that old tone. And and that and the one that he just did with the Baron Stain reminded me a lot of the the classic Jason and Freddy movies that he's done in the past, <laughs> where it was a little movie skit. Yep. Yeah, it had like a Twilight Zone twist. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, and that's what this was. This was a classic AVGN. Like that's why it's ironic. Our first, our first episode is has he jumped the shark, and he's come full circle. Like he's back to his glory again. Yeah, he's taking the power back, man, for sure. And he, and he, and the thing is though, he doesn't do them monthly like he used to. He's doing them once in a blue moon, but he's doing it perfectly when he does it once in a blue moon, which is awesome. Which is what we said. Just take your time, make it awesome. We're not rushing. We have a whole back catalog, right? Yeah, exactly. But like somebody like Mike over here, Rewind Mike, he has to push out consistent content. Otherwise, people aren't going to have that attention span to keep coming back to his channel. Yeah. Because he doesn't have that following like the AVGN does. No. Thankfully, uh, I've got does. a decently I mean... <laughs> catchy name. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. But I think, I think things like the Capcom years, the Konami years are going to help. Because it's going to give you a branding and a style that nobody's doing. And it's something that they don't know that they wanted was a look back at a, a company. company. Yeah. And, and fuck yeah, I want to watch that all day. I love documentaries <laughs> and this is like a yep. focus and it's my favorite companies. Like See, hell yeah. That, that's the one thing is it's not, it's not so much a documentary as it is a string of sh like segmented reviews. But – Mm -hmm. I, can't, oh, yeah, I can't lie like that that was my original idea was to kind of like mm -hmm. you know do like short interviews in between like um certain event or certain events and stuff like that certain years you know this happened or whatever in your director's cut are you planning on doing a short history of konami intro I think you should like a history of Konami NES intro. It could be like a minute or two. Just be like Konami on the NES was this, this, and this. They're known for this. Like that way, you do like a a, a big front cap. I mean, my intro kind of says it all. It, it does. Like the the main yeah, intro. It does. 
I mean, like, like I said, I did. It's, it's not cool like it thing. didn't cross my mind. But then after finishing it, believe it or not, I actually didn't see the video game years. And then somebody told me about it. And they were like, oh, it's kind of like that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I actually went to watch it. And I was oh, like, it's not really like that. But that was the original idea I had. So <laughs> the video game years is exactly I heart the 80s yeah. from VH1, but with video games. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yours is reviews, smaller, short, palatable reviews on every game for Konami, game yep. by game, mm-hmm. and it's really it's really cool, and and it's done by multiple people, which is which is awesome too, because you get the different styles, and that's the best thing too, is it's not bigger YouTubers. I picked yeah. all of my friends, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't look at I didn't look at people as numbers. I just looked at them like, hey, I know you like this game, and hey, I know you like this game. I mean, I could have went about it as a number game, but then I wanted passion over that. So, well, it's the same reason why the contributors to the Super Nintendo book. I didn't tell them they're getting a free book until after they were already done writing. <laughs> yep. Hey, I came at you like, dude, I'm not looking for a free book or anything like that, man. I just want to contribute to it. Which is awesome. And that's the passion, though. Like, everybody that I have contributing. And then you came at me like, you're like, hey, everybody, I just sent out emails. Send me your address. When the books come out, I'm going to be sending out copies. And I was like, friggin' sweet. But I told him I don't want one. Is he still going to send it to me? (laughs) That's the thing, like, and then I get guys like freaking Reggie who's like, dude, I still want your proof. Like, but you're getting a free book, but I want the proof too. <laughs> you're crazy, dude. I mean, honestly, even if I did win the first proof, I probably would have gave it away on my channel. Yeah. Once I got like my actual copy. Yeah. You know, which would have been a cool giveaway. It also would have raised a ton of awareness. So if you want to give me a free copy of the book to give away on my channel, that'll be awesome. <laughs> a little whisper. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It's great too because it comes uh, in robotic on my side because I'm literally sitting here on like free Wi-Fi at the convention hall. It's terrible. It's amazing. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll definitely have to raise awareness for the, the craziness. So, um, so, so you're doing the Konami years, and then. Your follow-up after you finish a director's cut that you're doing, you know, churching it up, making it nice and, you know, lengthy, you're going to move on to Capcom, correct? Yes. So, so why did you start with Konami, and then why are you going to Capcom? Well, the Konami, like I said, was for the the Zen overall review mm-hmm. because yeah. they took so many influences from those other games, and you see them in Zen. Mm-hmm. And Zen came out, like I said, it was one of their last games released, so you could see all their influence, you could see all their work, all the time they took to learn to develop on the system, and they really made a masterful game that runs perfectly. Great music with rich sounds, mm-hmm. friggin' beautiful animated backgrounds there's zero to no slowdown in the game like and those are things that were almost rare in a friggin' nintendo game no slowdown what no sprite flickering what so it's like basically you played zen and then you got (laughs) so motivated by its awesomeness that you this whole project kind of like formulated which is awesome pretty much fucking awesome pretty much man I mean, and, and the thing is, I, I like how it went because then you can have those requests like, hey, let's do Super Nintendo. Let's do the, another company on Nintendo. Let's do this because now you essentially can yep. have you have infinite content now. Dude, <laughs> I already have I already have a, 
a, a file in my computer called the years in planning. <laughs> it's like my book lists. Like I have infinite fucking books. It's the same thing. It's great. <laughs> fucking Almost. O- OC- OCD like, like mind hive mind. So like <laughs> I plan on doing LJN. Oh, I'm yeah. probably gonna do Hudson. Hudson's great. I'm gonna Fuck do. Yeah. I'm gonna do Sutson. I'm gonna do Sunsoft. They're really juggernauts. Tecmo, and then I think I might put Culture Brain and Taito into one year, like one series. Lump them together and do both of them at the same time. Going sure. Well, I mean, you could also cover some of the obscure ones like Broader Bund and some of the others that like had some good games, but not enough to cover an entire years. Yeah, but they make uh, broader bunded Bard's Tale, Battle of Olympus, Battle of Olympus. and yeah. um, Load Runner, mm-hmm. Legacy of the Wizard. Maybe yes. I don't know. I can't really yep. think right yeah. now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Legacy of the Wizard, the whole Dragon Slayer series. Um, yeah, outstanding freaking company, but like not necessarily enough to cover an entire years by itself. So super interesting, though, to think about. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. It gets you thinking, and it gets the people watching your videos like, hey, I would like to see this. Dude, and when I pitched Capcom, everybody was like, dude, I'm already game. Oh, you know, yeah. I was already expecting you to ask at this point because we all kind of want it ourselves. We all want to work on mm-hmm. it and stuff. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's cool to have people come to me like that, you know, enthusiastic to, to work on a project. And that's the best part. Mm-hmm. And it's good to look at things from a developer perspective because it's like looking at movies from a director perspective. The super game fans look for the developers, and that's how they decide if how good the game is probably going to be. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And the developer versus the publisher. So many people don't realize there is a difference. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's huge. Oh, yeah. Like that's a, such a gap I've seen. <laughs> like goddamn. Well, and that's one aspect that my. NES books we're covering was all the developers are listed and I learned like holy shit there's a lot of parallels and styles of certain games by the same developer on different fucking publishers even it gets crazy Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh yeah what do you call it um I can't think of the name of the company right now compile (laughs) software (laughs) creations software oh yeah software creations they they just developed. That was it. They didn't get published by one single like company at all. <laughs> they got published by Taito. They got published by, you know, what do you call it? It's CBS and Sony combined to make CSI or CSB or whatever. Wasn't it rare or was like just a, a fucking dev for a longest time? Oh, yeah. Milton Bradley. Um, what else did they release for? Well, yeah, I mean, you had so many companies in Japan that were like incestuous, like Taxan, Nexat Soft, or you had Compile, and they all like work with each other at random moments. You know, they were just like buddy buddy having a good time. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that, it's good though. I mean, you you hire a company to make a game for you, right? If you can't do it yourself, I mean, I wish Capcom would have chose a couple of better companies to do uh, Ghost and Goblins in 1942, but, you know. Uh, the, oh, that, that music in 1942. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Micronics. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Those companies leave a huge footprint, though. It's just like you, and when you're playing the type of game, like Sunsoft, we were talking about on the Gremlins, when you're playing that, you, you can 
you can smell Blaster Master, you know? Oh, yeah. You can just feel Fester's Quest, you know? you just <laughs> The music in that game is yeah. so good. Dude, oh. Gremlins 2 is one of my favorite soundtracks, probably, on the NES. Oh, yeah. And it was cool how, like, with Mr. Gimmick, how they added a chip, just kind of <sighs> like with, with Konami, how they added a chip for Crisis Force that allowed for four-way scrolling, the yep. uh, VRC4 chip, I believe. Yeah, and for the large bosses, too, you could add bigger bosses now. See, yeah. that's the thing. You start putting the chips in the game because the system is what you have, but now the way to build the awesomeness is to add to make the chips better. And that's yeah. what they started Expand. doing before, you know, every, everything got thrown out for Super Nintendo. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is still impressive in itself because Crisis Force is just insane looking, man. Oh, God, it's my favorite. It's one of Jeff's, yeah, it's, it's our gem right there. Uh, touching on the whole Sunset Soft uh, sound chip, though, man. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. If anybody's <laughs> listening, stop killing Batman. Oh. <laughs> if you want the chip to make copies of Mr. Gimmick, I'm not going to say it, but just just stop. Just stop. Stop butchering games, man. There are people out there that are making perfectly fine repro boards. Oh, yeah. But the other problem with, with Return of the Joker is the uh, the label is, like, yellow, like Bucky O'Hare, a Konami game. Um, yep. But it's yellow, and it's really prone to, like, just getting um, discolored. So not only is the game obscure now, but most of the labels are all fucked up. And it's really hard to get, like, a nice, pristine version if you're really a big Batman fan or just a fan of the game, you know? Yeah, I can't find yeah. a copy of it. That's for freaking sure, man. It's fu- You don't see it very often either. And, like, I have a shrine of Batman. Because <laughs> it was later released, too, I think. At least comparatively. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's extremely obscure Return of the Joker. And the fact that people are butchering them, though, is just weird. And that that's what's making it obscure. Yeah, the, the whole repro board thing didn't really pop up to the last few years where they started to become readily available on websites. But like nowadays, they have no excuse. Like, really. Well, it's just for the sound chip now. Yeah. So that they can use it to make Mr. Gimmick. They can't mimic the... Uh, they, there's a couple of chips they can't mimic. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's mostly those extra ones like the one he was talking about with crisis force and stuff like that vrc4 chip yeah yeah but somehow people are making repros of crisis force the game that jeff's getting made we're trying to get four four way scrolling on that and you would pretty much need that chip to do that there's another Mm -hmm. chip that he's using that's never been used and the problem is is that in all the emulators they're using that bit for the four way scrolling as something else in the emulator, so he can't even test it. Um, I think that he's got it fixed or mitigated because he's making huge progress on the game right now. So yeah, like yes. he's he's doing a new art direction with the RPG, and he's he's working on um, a whole new aspect. Now he may have just eliminated the four way scrolling too. I don't know because um, I've I've noticed more of a Zelda style flick screen right now in the videos that he's been posting, but. Yeah, I, I mean, that's fucking <laughs> awesome. And that's what I said. I was like, dude, Zelda-style yeah. scrolling, it's like, flick screen is great. Like, completely fine. Yeah. But, like, so basically every time he would test, though, he would have to literally burn it to a cartridge and play it in an NES every time he makes a small change in code, which is, that's it's maddening. It's like, yeah. that's not doable. So. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah, that would be so tedious, man. You have to fry the ROM to freaking wipe it and then re-burn it. Psychotic. 
<laughs> I, I looked into reproing before, but uh-huh. I couldn't. I couldn't butcher carts, so I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man. <laughs> I wanted to, like I said, I I learned the whole process and stuff like that uh, a couple years ago. So yeah, I would almost rather get just give them to someone who doesn't have one. Exactly. You know, if I have like an extra cart, like we do at the game conventions, we'll take carts with us sometimes, and people who answer questions, you know. Oh, exactly. You know, it's better than throwing it or like in the garbage. So, I have a question for both of you guys. On a side note, have you heard of NES Game Maker? Yes. Yes. Granada, right? You were talking about that at the convention, and then you actually posted a picture the other day too. So by the time this airs, it'll be a thing because he's launching it at this convention here this weekend. Joe. Yeah. So basically, Granado through his new Ape Heroes documentary which talks about him making Mystic Searches, an NES game from that he developed when he was a kid, that he's putting on a cartridge now. He went to an engineer to help him, through Windows, be able to make small modifications to the NES game. So he didn't have to recode for months every time he wanted to make an addition to the game. Um, so there's this whole Windows graphical front end to his game that he can do tons of shit with that would take a programmer like six months to do. Um, and he could do it like instantaneously. So he's taking that to Kickstarter. He's going to allow people to make NES games with just basically create a creative mind. And you can not only make it, but it's going to come with a little device that you plug an NES cartridge into and you can burn it to a cartridge and play it in your NES. Now that's what it has me curious. Because like I said, in order to erase the ROM, you actually have to heated up to a certain degree so oh it's it's um it's a new special programmable board that infinite nes lives uses um and it goes goes with their piece so it's for homebrew games it's for guys that are burning games um it's awesome and it's reburnable infinite times um probably there's probably a finite amount just like read write on sd card yeah regardless it's still a good amount probably you'll probably get your money's worth out of it you know Hundreds or thousands or something. That that's really cool that he created like an engine kind of, and here's your yeah. tools and your assets and just whatever you want to make two D, three D, top down, have fun. Like yeah, so I guess right now he has obviously Mystic Searches the engine for that in the game, and he's somehow converted it to a two D style game. But he said like when he hits, if he hits stretch goals throughout his Kickstarter. Like, this stretch goal will unlock a shoot-em-up. This stretch goal will unlock an RPG. Like Because they'll have to do some programming and hire somebody to work on the back end of that to make it work. But if he hits the certain stretch goals, which I don't see how he's not going to do that because this thing looks amazing. Um, we'll see. By the time this airs, we'll know if I eat my words or not. But, I mean, this is like a second one backing for me. Not, in, not even a day one. Like, as soon as he launches this shit, I want to back it because I want to make my own games. You said Kahan or something saw him do something. I was like, dude, that would take me like weeks. Oh, yeah. I was at a convention in Florida, Emerald Game Con, and Joe Groganato and Kahan, um, Kevin Hanley, Kahan Games, who's who's made eight NES homebrews already, games, like from scratch. Um, he's sitting there watching Joe do this stuff, and Joe's like, oh, yeah, so by the way, you can edit the modification of the how the enemy reacts here to this, 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 this. He does, like, 27 things in, like, a matter of, like, two minutes, and Kevin looks over at me, like, when he did one modification, like, that would have taken me three months of programming. <laughs> this thing's essential, like. Yeah. 
for us, like, normal people. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I have a background in programming, and I could get, like, a sprite on a screen on a Nintendo game. But beyond that, making something comprehensible <laughs> on the NES was beyond me. So it's like we may be at a new golden age of, like, homebrewing if this happens because people are just going to be able to let their creativity flow. For real. God knows, I'll take a crack at it, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, fucking why not? Because that shit's really cryptic. There's this, like, a grid with, like, thousands of numbers, and you don't know what any of the numbers does, but you have to figure it out by process mm-hmm. of elimination. So you have to do something on the screen, and then do something else, and then take away all the things that didn't have anything happen to it. Yeah. I mean, it's like a nightmare. I would not enjoy debugging. <laughs> and and how he explained it was, all right, so you, so you take that that you explained, Kyle, right? Hex editor, yeah. And then you go to the next bank and the next bank and the next bank, and all the banks interact. So it's like exponential. It's exponentially a nightmare. Like, the way yeah. he explained it, it's like, holy fucking, if you <laughs> change this one reference in this one table, you have to reference it in the other table. And if you reference it wrong, it's going to call the other table that's wrong. No, thank you. <laughs> butterfly effect yeah one thing changes everything else so so if you make more than one modification and it fucks up you're not going to know what you changed and that's where the glitches come from mm-hmm. and that's why like rob not being able to test it in his on an emulator is like a nightmare because if he makes more than just one change and it gets fucked up he's not going to know what what messed up so it's he's basically setting himself up for failure it's insane <sighs> like dude <laughs> So I, I think that there needs to be a the homebrew years for uh, Rewind Mike. <laughs> oh, <That's> God. <laughs> God, even trying to track down years games were released would be so sketchy. Well, that's why a certain person is putting out a book that will have them in there. <laughs> hint, hint, no. <laughs> I already have it all. Like, so, yeah, when I, when I release my next one, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Wicked. I was actually set a screenshot today of something awesome for the um for the years i have to have to send this one to the group because this is hilarious to me uh, a guy named vetrix publishes games here's the screenshot i just sent to both of you guys it's a version of commie killer that he's doing for my box set look at the picture on the screen <laughs> <laughs> like literally gonna use my face, I was brainwashed by the Russian government. Brainwashed? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with him? It's great. <laughs> that, that's pretty funny. And that's going to be a limited edition of the game that's only going to exist in the box set. So there's only going to be like 10 copies of that game. So that's where the rabbit hole goes deep with homebrews, though, is there's people that do special editions and limiteds, and there's only 10 out there. That's, like, ridiculously low copies. But the thing is, though, it's such a niche audience that's getting them that it's not in that high of a demand, so the prices don't exponentially blow up. Your game is going to be ripped and reproed so fast. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. Someone is going to dump that ROM like it's hot, bro. (laughs) Well, the problem is is that people are spending hundreds of dollars on the box set, so they tend to not want to do that there's like a little ethical deal on like nintendo age where it, that's kind of seen as like taboo i guess you could say mm-hmm. yeah because then you're essentially taking the worth away from the card that all these people are paying for so it's like <laughs> yeah it's that barbed yeah. wire yeah area. 
Yeah, it's it's like there's certain limited editions out there that like you pay if somebody pays five hundred dollars for a game, I'm not gonna fucking share that for free with somebody. Like the devil's advocate <laughs> to that is, if I had a game, I would want as many people. It's, it's like music. I want as many people to hear my music as yes. humanly possible. But but people are are paying a premium for it. Mm-hmm. Then it comes down to preservation. Exactly. <laughs> preservation. That's where all those big arguments come from. It's so funny. <laughs> the thing that I'm going to offer is that I'm doing this box art, uh, this box set, just to get all the visibility on the homebrewers and help them get their names out there. And then I'm going to do a backer kit afterward. I'm going to offer up whatever games they want. I'm going to offer up in my backer kit. So I'm going to have a homebrew section. And if Kahan wants all eight of his games in the backer kit, that's fine. I can make the backer kit as big as as they want. So if Vetrix, who's doing this game, FG Software, wants me to um, do Kami Killer, this version, for the backer kit, I will. If he wants to keep a close hold, I will too. But that's up to him. It's, it's up to each individual developer or homebrew publisher what they want to do. But basically, if it helps them get more sales, that's awesome. It makes the community bigger, you know? It's just like with the YouTube community, getting everybody out there, you know? Oh, yeah. Got to do it. Such a beautiful thing. Awareness. Fucking beautiful thing. <laughs> yes. Tommy killer though, man. <laughs> <laughs> that image is great. Oh yeah. Like I just sent him pictures of me and he he did that in the NES. <laughs> like the dude's awesome. <laughs> and you're gonna be shooting at my head or something. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but um <laughs> I said instead of saying press start capitalist big, it should say buy my book. Buy my book. <laughs> plug it yeah that was so funny the other day when you were like i want to walk away from the table and i was like you should get one of those signs that says buy my book (laughs) buy my book buy my book that's that's the irony is that like the taboo thing is is i don't ask anybody to buy my book no he was not like that at Mm -hmm. all like he literally just sat there he stood there people somebody came over to look at the book he would explain it to them you know this is what this book is about this is what this book is about but that's because they were looking at it not not because he was like hey come over here look at this come over here child (laughs) (laughs) it's very nonchalant like it's like there's aggressive like sales pitch and then there's just like you want to come look come look Come sample some of my snake oil over here to change your life. Yes. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, it's like you can't – I don't know. Then the reverse psychology comes in when you're forcing someone to do something. And it's like – Absolutely. Someone's forcing you to eat something and you just don't even want to look at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then before you know it, you're walking out of there with a book that you don't care about. <laughs> That's a good salesman right there. Over a good book. <laughs> That's a great salesman. And some people just have are just really good salesmen. I mean – I'm not a good salesman. I'm not. Somebody came over to look at the book. I was like, um, uh, that's a book. It has things and stuff in it. And I'm like, oh, hey, Jeff, you're back. Come tell this person about the book. You're back. <laughs> Please. I was like, look, I'm taking I'm he got interviewed. Selfies. He got interviewed while we were there. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing selfies with Johnny Cage. Hi. <laughs> yeah. How was that interview? <laughs> Doesn't get better than that. All the interviews have been fun, though. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I did an interview with – um. Darren, who's doing um, a pretty awesome Kickstarter, so it's like called the Bits of Yesterday, and he's just talking about like nostalgia. Pretty cool one. There's a lot of people doing documentaries nowadays, though. It's really cool. Like everybody's taking their you know talents and focusing it around retro gaming. But I don't know if you've noticed this uh, about the retro scene rewind, Mike. But um, 
people don't really care about the quality of a documentary as much as I would think that they would. I appreciate it. But, like, when somebody like Granado or Rob McCullen, who's doing the boxer documentaries, asking for, like, $35,000, it costs them that to do that at such a high level. But there's guys that go out on YouTube and do something that's comparable with a lot cheaper and, you know, a lot less money. It's the how much it costs to do documentaries versus a YouTube video. But I think most of the people just want their quick fixes. What do you think? For me, it's all time. Yeah. Time, time, time. Research, time, reading, capping footage. Uh, Thinking what you're going to do. Shit, yeah, yeah, Jesus. There are times where I just literally stare here at my keyboard and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's- you know, so you just got to turn it off and go do something else or walk away and then sure the worst is when you're laying in bed and you get an idea and you're like i'll remember that in the morning and then you wake up and it's like fuck what was that idea yeah i should have wrote that down <laughs> with the documentaries too i mean um as i guess as long as it's providing good content it's really the key as a doc fan i don't think you should spend that much you should spend more on getting like the awesome guests mm-hmm you know, to like the end the interviews and like the footage on the people, because really uh, with the doc you just need to leave this, the camera like right there. You don't even need to move yeah. it. You know, yeah. Just put it on a fucking tripod and like <laughs> press record. Well, the thing is, is I watched the um the screening of the new Eight Bit Heroes, and when you guys see yeah. that, like you'll realize it's a fucking film. It's not a documentary. Like it goes above and beyond anything that I would have expected. He's a filmmaker, like. When there's cinematography, yeah, it's like a film. When there's movement and like style, it's a film. There's there's a fucking pan out from the Hollywood sign all the way back in one spot. <laughs> like it's it's like epic. And the thing is though, is he asks asked for like, you know, thirty grand or something on Kickstarter. But people were like, Oh, you're just doing a video game thing. Like, no, he's doing something that requires a lot of funding and Traveling doing something and huge. It all makes sense. Yeah. And now it all comes together. Yeah, I think there's like a disconnect between that and people expecting high quality YouTube videos too. Oh yeah, no, it's it's even harder to get that stock footage. Like I probably spend like a good yeah. two, three hours of editing just like grabbing stills and and stock footage of stuff and and looking at old magazines to see if I could find promos and and stuff like that man like there's a lot of fishing you know like it's ridiculous man <laughs> someone who edits respects but someone who doesn't does not understand <laughs> yeah it's it's Absolutely. crazy man and then Holy even fuck. with you editing this it's the same with the for me, I have to record my audio and video separately, so syncing is, like, annoying. And, like, I don't have the best camera. I have a Polaroid Cube, so every five minutes, it stops for about three seconds and then starts recording again. Oh, oh. That is the devil. Something great's <laughs> happening. It's like, oh! Yeah, dude. Or just, like, I'm in the middle of just, you know, recording, like, something for, like, an intro or, you know, some sort of segue into something else and just... Yeah. As an artist, kind of like your work's never done. You just choose to like abandon it. Basically, it's like Leonardo da Vinci. Yes. You choose to publish yes. it. A true artist just abandons the work at some point. It's like, all right, you can edit until the fucking cows come home into insanity, uh-huh. and that's that's what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I've yeah. been across the line. 
there's a certain level of polish that'll accept before I'll put something out. Absolutely. That's the thing. You want to be proud of yourself. Yeah. Today is a proof positive of why we're all recording separate audio and why Kyle's job is so integral because you hear my voice going robot and I hear your voices going robot because of where I am. <laughs> like, it is what it is because I'm in the middle, on free internet in the middle of Portland with no, there's no like phone out here, like at all. But his phone's picking up all the stuff. Yeah. So then it'll be clear, like... Oh, it would have been so awesome to be there. Yeah, so so I'll ask you guys, like, a clear question, and then you'll give me an obtuse answer. It's going to be pretty great. I'll fix it up <laughs> and make it kind of, like, jigsaw it together. <laughs> Force the pieces. Exactly. <laughs> Force it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So, uh, Mike, since we've basically went off on a million tangents. <laughs> that's the whole point. That's what, the whole what, what is it? Video point. game bullshit? Video <laughs> game bullshit, man. Um, so where where can people find you besides for YouTube.com slash probably Rewind Mike? Back, yeah. Rewind Mike. Yeah. Like, besides for that, do you have, like, a website? I don't, actually. So, so Hagensalley.com? Yeah, Hagensalley.com soon. <laughs> um, you can find me on Multitap.com. Yeah. Um, you can soon I'm going to be posting to gamingrebellion.com. Nice, nice. And uh, I've reached out to a certain guy and asked him if I can post to his page, but he didn't get back to me yet. So we'll see what's up with that. <laughs> <clears throat> me? No. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. Uh, what do you call it? Gamester. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll talk to him this weekend. I was going to say, I don't have like a clear way to get like in direct contact with him, though. And like, I don't want to tweet it to him. So. I'll, I'll talk to him this weekend if not then you can always yeah, hit him up cool. on facebook yeah that's what i tried but like yeah well he's he's not been home oh yeah yeah for my website all i have to do is make you an account on the blog and then you can just basically throw the videos up there and just not publish and then i just publish them on a schedule and then you can have rewind mike mondays or whatever you want to do oh yeah i mean that'll be cool i could probably even do a little back catalog because yeah. they did yeah. um absolutely I'll do the first video that I did this year. I'll put up. I'll start with that, which was um, Adventure Island Four, the last Famicom release. Fucking yes, a, was. amazing game. Yeah, it's a damn good Metroidvania too. Dude. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Underrated. You don't hear anybody burn about that one at mm-hmm. all, dude. Yeah. And like when I played it, man, I was like, this game is this is way different than what they did with the other three games, dude. Why didn't we get this? Totally different. <laughs> yeah. Little known fact is uh, that Kyle and I are the B-bros, so <laughs> we might be more obsessed about Hudson than anybody. We both got the Hudson B tattoos rocking them out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit, Jeff's got a ton of Nintendo tattoos, Contra, and like the logo. Yeah. yeah. I have zero tats. I just have piercings. That's it. I don't have no tats. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll probably wrap her up for a good episode. That was fucking fun, as always. Yeah, man. Yeah, Mike. Thanks so much, Rewind Mike. Thanks for coming on, Rewind. Yeah. Now you can get back to your editing, because I know we're cutting into your editing time today. All right, I'm going to hit stop on this now. Cool. Cool, man. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 262264 BGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message, 
Um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right. See you later. Woo. Later.